For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Wednesday night. It means it's Lowell's. We don't always have guests. When we do, they are very special. My host, Brian Hooper, of course, our guest of honor, Mr. David Bergman, perhaps better known in the DFS community as Mr. Whistles Go. Woo! Can we get it from you, David? Whistles Go. Woo! <laughs> there we go. There we go. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Uh, it's really great to be on the show. I, I love, uh, you know, talking to people about DFS and also meeting uh, fellow competitors. I think it's always fun to kind of connect with people in the in the world of DFS. Yeah, are you on? Uh, are you on Twitter at all? Lurking anywhere or completely off Twitter? I, I'm, you know, I, not by design. I just happen to not have much of a social media presence, so I'm not on Twitter. Although many people have told me I should probably jump in at some point. Yeah, I, I assume so. You don't even use it for like fantasy news purposes. Uh, a little bit, but not. I mean, as long as I just like track things and just look at it, but I don't really have a handle that I check very regularly or post. Or it's a good way for to see uh, if people are making fun of you. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Really so, on there. Yeah, I should probably jump in then. Yeah. That's right. Um, so yeah, we are excited to get to know you because. You know, everyone has seen the, you know, the the video from you winning the 2.5 million, of course, the the infamous woo. But then the other day, this article came out about you. You're buttoned up looking all dapper as a professor <laughs> here at UConn. And I feel like collectively our minds just exploded a little bit because we we're like, wait, is this the just party animal who binked a tournament? Or is this the math petition, you know, using game theory and Sims behind the scenes to crush at DFS? So what is it? Work hard, play hard. I don't know what else to tell you. You know what I mean? I think I, uh, you know, that's been my model the whole, my whole life, right? I work hard, play hard, always excited about things. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, some of my senior colleagues uh, saw the video and they were like, you really went WWE on us for a little bit over there. I was like, you got it, man. But, you know, it's all the fun of the game. It was exciting, of course. And uh, yeah. I was really happy, obviously, on the night of the championship. Is that the is that the trophy there over your shoulder? It is, yeah. And actually, I can show you something super cool. So I got it in the mail, of course, because COVID, right? Yeah. And the first trophy, you guys will love this one. Second. The first trophy came broken. Oh, wow. So you see the top is kind of snapped off over there. But like I wrote to the DraftKings people and they immediately sent me a new trophy. So that was awesome. There you go. And I mean, you know, we're now in the in the NFT space, you know, these misprints and stuff on collectibles are very valuable. So I feel like that misprint trophy, I'm, I'm glad they didn't make you send that back. You get both yeah. now. I'm definitely keeping it, right? I mean, I'm not going to put it together. I'm going to leave it as it is. The crown is kind of off on the side and this is over here. We'll see what I do with it. Yeah. 
So Brian and and David, I feel like you guys know each other. You have to recognize each other's uh, handles from the DFS lobby uh, these days. David, it seems like you're playing everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I started in uh, about three years ago dabbling in DFS. Uh, didn't have much success. And then sometime at the end of 2019, things started to pick up for me. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, leading into the, the Super Bowl of 2020, not last year, right, 2020, and then all through, uh, you know, the COVID and, like, the shutdowns and some LOL, got a little bit more into it, and then got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm loving it. It's fun. Relatively new to it, but also really enjoying it and having some success. Did you, uh, did you bank anything in 2019 that got your – how'd you get your bankroll? Uh, nothing major. I mean, I, you know, I started with not that much, uh, something like 10 K in the, I mean, 2 K, right. That's all you could put in at a time when I was living in Massachusetts, that was the limit on it. Uh, but then every month put in 2 K, got it up to 10 K in the system. And since then just been growing it. That's awesome. And what, um, so what is your, you know, from your background with, with mathematics, I assume that was kind of the appeal for you for how to, uh, approach DFS. For sure. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've been doing analytics for a long time now. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, I was talking to some, some buddies, I, I play in a season long fantasy football league, the vodka boys in white plains, New York. Uh, and so, you know, we've been playing for years and then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I started to hear more and more about D, DFS. Obviously they advertise all over the place. It was clearly a problem that's well suited to my skill set. So I said, I'd dabble in. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, even with the analytical skill set, it took me some time to really get a handle for how to play this game, right? I mean, it's not it's not purely analytics, right? You have to use some understanding of the game, some understanding of DFS, and also the sports game. So, yeah, there you go. And oh, go ahead, Brian. Do do you uh, do you do this all by yourself? Do you work with a team yeah. at no, all? Yeah. I couldn't hear you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah just by myself. Just um, by yourself. So you yeah. get you get all these entries in by yourself and late swaps and everything. How do you pull that off? It's pretty tough, I know from experience. And I, I gave up hockey this year. I think it depends on the right. So take something like baseball, right? If you're running baseball in other games, you don't have to worry too much about making sure that you're getting the baseball runs right at this moment, right? Because the lineups are set. Sure, sometimes there's some things that happen. You have to be careful about it. But normally, like right by game times for other sports, I can kind of put baseball aside. Then something like hockey is a little bit tough to keep up with the news because they really release things like this close to game time sometimes. So I kind of track that on DraftKings while it's running. As far as basketball and stuff, we all know the mess with that, right? And so there you have to be really fine-tuned, right, and make sure that you've got nobody there. I mean, I've got, you know, uh, uh, code on the back end, and when someone's out, I can make quick swaps and make sure that they're out, put new guys in, and let it run. Does, that, does this affect your your job? Because you're uh, – is, is associate professor, is that like a full-time position? It is, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, as a professor, you have some flexibility in your schedule, of course. And most games happen at night, right? Um, and so I find that, you know, I'm really able to dial into DV, DFS, you know, in the afternoon or something, you know, 4 or 5 o'clock or something, and get everything prepped in time. There are some daytime games. For example, I, I don't know if you played in the baseball slate today. It was a two-game slate. Uh, but you know, a two game baseball slate doesn't take that much effort to get in. Right. I mean, I can do it in a few minutes or whatever of my time and then let things run and then upload and get in. So, yeah, I mean, it's a lot, right. It really does take quite a bit of time, but you know, I think you can, 
you have to just develop a system. It didn't happen overnight, right? I started with one thing at a time, matching things in Excel, taking a long time to make sure everything was right. But as you get more into it and started to play more slates, more games, I, I have my system, right? And I really think that, you know, I make a schedule every night. I know exactly every time what's coming up next. I follow that. For example, I know that right now the, Latin, the next lock is 8-10 for a baseball game. Then I have nothing till 9 o'clock. So that gives me a 50-minute window to kind of make sure everything is ready, gear up for the 9 o'clock swaps if I have to, and get ready to roll. What what sites do you play on? DK only and DraftKings. So I've, oh, I've okay. dabbled in FanDuel, uh, only in basketball from what I can remember. Didn't have too much success, but I also didn't take too much effort, right? I think uh, I had a little uh, – slump in like February-ish. And that was when I tried FanDuel out. So like, I don't think it was a FanDuel thing, right? I think it's just like, it was during like kind of a bad beat time for me in basketball. But I'm gonna, I, I, you know, I'm thinking about getting back into that, but so far just DraftKings. And I think when I was trying to do the FanDuel and the DraftKings at the same time, that was a bit complicated, right? But I think, you know, I'm, I'm super fluid with the DraftKings just set up and everything. And so, yeah, generally able to, you know, keep it going. How much did your did I assume your volume of play ratcheted up big time after winning the uh, the fantasy football or the world championship? Did your any other bit of your approach change at all, or is it just kind of like you were able to scale your volume up with more of a bankroll? Uh, scale my volume actually. So my bankroll really grew in early two thousand. Right, um, that's how I got into all the qualifiers for the championship. Right, so I had eight tickets to the eight entries in the NFL World Championship. Nine was the most you can get. And you got to pay a lot to get these tickets, right? You can't just, you know, go into one competition to buy the tickets, right? You have to buy in quite a bit. So my bankroll had been rising pretty substantially throughout 2000. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the NFL season was really good to me the first couple of weeks, at least. That's when I first hit like a couple hundred Ks or whatever. And then that was able to, you know, buy into the championship and so forth and so on. Um, but I, I mean, I had played baseball and basketball also in 2018 um maybe 2019 i can't exactly remember but at a much lower rate right i mean i wasn't you know and so you know you get a system and again you can't just like dive into playing all the sports every night that's impossible right you have to make mistakes too right i mean there's been plenty of times that i've had duds in there it happens less and less frequently these days but that's you know from practice do you play cash games no, just tournaments. Uh, just tournaments. You know, sometimes single entries up to 11 or 10 people, mostly. I mean, sometimes I'll go into uh, contests with five entrants total and one entry, but typically I like the bigger ones. Have Has uh, has anything else changed in your life since uh, hitting that that big score? Any any big purchases or uh, you've been li- living uh, within your means here? Living within my means? I'm not, you know, I... I me and my wife were pretty simple people, right? I mean, what is nice, I was able to, I got two kids, uh, was able to max out their college funds already, right? They're very young. So I, you know, they're one in three. So able to max out their funds. Uh, wait, yeah. wait, wait. You have, see, I was thinking, all right, he he's a professor. He's playing all these sports, but clearly there's no way you're you're juggling a family on top of all this. Now you're telling me you have two young kids? So I would say before... Before even I got into DFS, most of my buddies were like, how in the world do you do everything you do professionally? Um, I don't know if you guys know uh, McKinsey and Company. It's a management consulting firm. Um, I I work for them very frequently. I do a lot of work for them. I do a lot of consulting on the side. I do academic research. I teach classes. I do all types of stuff. And I think, again, even before DFS, everyone was like, so what is your uh, profession? 
And I was like, you know, I don't know. I just do whatever comes my way. And DFS, you know, of course I had to slot out some other things, right? And of course, you know, bedtime gets a little tricky with kids and all this stuff, but you juggle it, right? My my wife is supportive and everything and, uh, you know, just enjoy life. So then how much, if, if you are if you are playing this kind of volume, this amount of sports, how much of it is you are an action junkie and how much of it is I, I think I have really nice edges in these and I want to push it to the max as much as I can? Yeah, I mean, I think so, right, being an analytics professional, I guess I thought before I got into DFS that I would be able to run into it and just dominate the field. That was clearly incorrect because people that had experience obviously you know took me down very easily in the beginning um but then yeah i mean ever since i started to get some upwards trajectory and then like i hit my first 10k win or something like this it started to become kind of you know it's sort of an addiction right i mean it's what i do at night right i love it it's fun you know typically from seven to ten i'm basically glued to my phone watching the DraftKings dots go left and right uh making sure that i got the right players in checking Roto World, NBC Sports, whatever, making sure I got the right guys in at the right time. Um, but yeah, I was happy that you scheduled at eight o'clock today because at least that was at a good time for the little window between uh, start times for me. I was gonna say I I, I just got lucky on on our time. Otherwise, I figured you were gonna send me over maybe a sheet of your intense <laughs> schedule and where you could fit us in. Yeah, I mean, I, I would uh, maybe one day I'll flash you my schedule. I, I, I print out the thing every day, right? It's just, Seven till ten thirty sometimes, depending on hockey and baseball. It's it's not entirely lucky because I scheduled this time over a year ago, and because it's like the best time you could really do a show without interfering with DFS. Yeah, I mean you've got a bunch of lineups in right now too, right? I mean at nine o'clock you have to check news as well, right? I mean there's no. Yeah, yeah, Dave. I plan all the sites, unlike you. No, okay. okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can we can we ask you about your process a little bit? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll give you a little bit about it. Sure. I mean, okay. Do you make your own projections? Uh, I do some type of aggregate projections from multiple places when appropriate. Sometimes you can't do it particularly right up to game time. Uh, and then I pick the right one for the right sport. Do you use an optimizer? Uh, 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 one you pay for. No, no, no. All is in my own, uh, my own stuff. Oh, okay. Good. Thank God I didn't make that bet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I think you couldn't. I, I don't know if you'd have time to interface with the third-party tools in time to deal with all three sports. I'm not sure. Maybe you could, but uh, you know. So you so you use uh, an aggregate pro- projection system, and then and then you use uh, some sort of software package. You have to use a software package to optimize it. I doubt you you built an optimizer in Excel, right? Definitely not Excel. Um, yeah. What, yeah, what stats mean, programs you, do you use? If you look at my background, uh, optimization is literally my my experience, my expertise, right? This is I develop. I mean, what I do professionally before I got into DFS was develop algorithms for optimization. It's what I mean. It is what I do professionally, right? So this is my own system. This is my own code, and I write the whole thing. Would you ever consider making it a, a product for sale? Kind of your proprietary optimization tools. I was thinking about it, but, you know, I mean, I think for now, if I'm having success, I mean, that's, you know, taking up all my time anyway, right? Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I could, but then you've got to get a whole web interface and all this other stuff. I mean, you could just create a software package of people who are code friendly, could download and use. But, yeah, I mean, everything I just built is completely from scratch, uh, written by myself. Yeah. So for MBA, one thing we talk about a lot is, you know, 
where do you fall on? Do you enjoy being glued to your computer for all the late swap stuff? Or do you wish that it was just, it locked and then you could have the rest of your evening? This is where where we find out how much you actually love your family. What a question. Um, So the good thing is that I've got very little kids and they go to sleep around 6.30 or 7, right? Uh, And so, yeah, I mean, I think the, I, I love the action. It's super exciting. It can get really frustrating and you're just tired, right? I mean, NBA is tough. It really is a grind. MLB is simple, right? I mean, you put the thing in again, you can just check the lineups and just once MLB posts the lineups, you can just do the change at your, at your leisure. But yeah, that basketball stuff. I mean, there's look, if you're going to be competitive, you have got to stay glued to your computer from seven to 10. And that's my, but you know, before I got into DFS, Monday through Friday, I was working from 6 a.m. until 11 p.m. anyway. So, I mean, and with a little break for dinner with the family, I, I you know, no change really. So, you know, it, this just swapped out some of my other professional opportunity, uh, uh, you know, uh, actions. That's all. There you go. So can I ask you another question about your optimizer, your process? Do you, um, does your, does your software package take into account some sort of game theory aspect when it's, when you're building your lineups? So there's a there's a kind of trigger there where I can say take into account ownership or don't take into account any ownership, right? And I you know I've always found it pretty tricky to deal with ownership for a variety of reasons, right? I mean, you know, if so suppose that whatever I project for some player, they're undervalued. Suppose that's the case. Then whatever kind of projection ownership I have would probably say that I think people are going to own them less, so I'm going to use them more. But I already have a high projection for them, right? So it really is this kind of catch-22 type of thing when you use ownership in their decision-making. Of course, you don't want to own someone a ton of times if they're not really someone you believe is going to have high, high value. And so there I cap the amount of times I pick players sometimes and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I find it, you know, there, there, there's some times where I find it to be valuable, but a lot of the times not. It just depends, really. Okay. Um so that's a maybe or sometimes, uh, you, sometimes like, yeah. So I, I have li- literally code where I can say use ownership projections or don't use ownership. Projections. And so this, this code that when you choose to use it, did you, did you base the, uh, the adjustments you make off of regressions? Um, where did you, where did you come up with some sort of formula to, to make a change? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, you could use some fancy random force or some other, you know, happy go lucky machine learning model. You're probably not going to improve upon your ownership projections over some kind of linear regression model. Probably. Maybe people do. I have no idea. Okay. That's at least from my experience. And again, I think the, the catch 22, right. Is that your ownership projection is going to be linked to your projection of a player, right? I mean, if you're it not, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to, but um, you, you can do it in multiple ways. And that's old. also, that's kind of a problem with people use the same ownership from the same projections. Something like that can happen. Correct. So like if you're using someone's projections and their ownership, I could see that being a problem for you. But um, I'm not asking how to create ownership projections. And in my opinion, it's not linear. It's a combination, but like uh, I'm talking about how do you, how in your uh, opinion, would you adjust for ownership? Would you use historical data? Would you use a simulation? Do you use simulations? Well, now you're trying to get a little bit more deeper in my actual models and everything, and I can't go quite that deep. But I will say that what I do, if there's someone I feel that the field is going to own too many times, 
you can just put a car, hard cap on the amount of lineups you put with that person, right? I mean, it can be as simple as that. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly how other experts are using ownership, um, but it does seem like I probably use it less than other people do. That's what I would say. I know for uh, a lot of players, you know, even the, the idea of hanging out on Twitter, uh, a hive mind forming, there's people in groups who bounce ideas off of each other. It, it sounds like you are almost extremely siloed in your process, you know, probably comparative to, to most of the field. Yeah. I mean, I would say so. I think it, I mean, I don't know. You take the top people on any one of the ranking sites, like Roto Grinders, right? I mean, you've got Osmo. Of course he's everywhere. There's no shadow and no, no, no question about that. But I mean, do you, do we know what, I, I'll just go through the top basketball players, right? Do we know what Chipotle does? Do we know what Papa Gates does? Do we know what McLovin does? Do we know what, BK Reader does, for example, right? It's a little bit tough. Uh, so you don't really know what those guys do. And yeah, I mean, I try to look like I I have close buddies that I speak to very frequently about daily fantasy sports, some on the daily, right? But only a few of them really know what I'm doing. Yeah. Was it? So one thing I mentioned at the top was just this idea of your, you know, on paper, what you do. And then this interview that a lot of people in the community thought this, this dude's a fish. He just got lucky. He's just this party animal, like not understanding maybe the stuff you were doing behind the scenes. Was that, was any bit of that a conscious choice or was it literally just, I won two and a half million dollars and I was having the time of my life? Uh, that, I mean, listen, like, I mean, you win two and a half million dollars. Like this sweat leading up to that, I'm sure you guys can imagine is unreal, right? I mean, I've had some sweats up to top prizes, hundreds, hundred fifties and stuff like that, but it's just nothing like the 2.5, right? And so obviously I was having a, a jolly old time, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, like I was I was having good hits. Like I, you know, NFL showdowns, I won a bunch of hundred Ks leading up to the championship. And uh that's where the, you know, that's where it started to rise. Right. And I think maybe I was a bit of a surprise to the field. Right. But I think uh, it happened quickly. Right. I think, again, in the first two years I was playing, I don't think my strategy was right. Whatever that strategy may have been. I had to adapt it. I had to modify it. And I still modify it all the time. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, making minor changes here and there when I see things are not working as well. I've, I've made this year, I've made a ton of changes and actually I use slightly different processes by sport. Right. And I think, there's different ways that you have to think about it. I mean, take a, how can I say it? Take something like a three game basketball slate versus something like a 14 game baseball slate. Those are different beasts, right? I mean, you have really different considerations there because with the, you know, a two, three game basketball slate, you really can like buy vision, look at who's available, think about who you might want to center around and so forth and so on. But then when you go to a bigger 14-game slate in baseball or 15-game slate, I mean, you know, there's just got to be something different, right? Um, and so, yeah. So do you so do you use simulations at all in your in your process? I mean, I use simulations. There's a lot of people who do. I'm not asking you to tell me specifically what you do, but do you use simulations at all? The, yeah, I mean, I definitely use some simulations yeah. uh, for sure. Okay. Uh, um, do you do you use do you use a combination of like static uh, formulas and simulations, like? Static regressions with a combination of of, of a simulation, you kind of have to. Yeah, I mean, I definitely use regressions, and I definitely use simulation in my own yeah, approach, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then, so almost all this, all this is done on your PC with your proprietary uh, coding. Well, Max, actually, I used to be a PC guy, but then I turned into Max. But yes, all on my own personal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm a huge Mac guy. I mean, I used to, right. So I've been coding for many years, right? I mean, I used to use Linux a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, just a different operating system that a lot of code junkies use, but I find Macs to be right in the sweet spot between PCs and Linux, right? I mean, you can really run like, you know, code really fluidly, great terminals, great this, great that. So, that yeah. article you wrote uh, on DFS, do you use anything in there? Uh, yeah, I mean, some of it I did, at least. I think I've started to improve upon whatever is in those articles. I also wrote a paper about survival pools in the NFL, by the way. You should look that up one day. You know, uh, you know, survival pools where you have to pick a team each yeah, year. Yeah. So, yeah, me and uh, – yeah, so I wrote an article about that with one of my buddies. And, um, yeah, that's a cool game too. It's really interesting. I, the only problem with that is that it's once a year, right? So you have a bad beat week and it's just – you know, you're falling by the hills. DFS, you have a bad night. I don't even know how I'm doing right now, which typically I'm monitoring it like a, you know, like a, <laughs> you know, I like to call it babysitting my DraftKings account. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you have, you have a bad day in DraftKings. Well, that happens. Yesterday they had that 250 up top baseball competition. I don't know if you were in that one. Uh, yeah. So that one I, I missed on, right? I mean, I had, uh, you know, the guys from the game that got postponed and, um, done but that's okay right because i'm playing all the sports all of it gets washed away i had a 50k showdown in um in basketball last night so that kind of made up for the baseball hit so yeah you know you, you have to grind on and on and on it's very do you do you enjoy the actual obviously you're monitoring babysitting it to make sure you're making the necessary swaps and all of that but do you enjoy the actual sweat the sports themselves because the thing you'll hear from a lot of the analytics guys is like i don't even need to watch the games i got my numbers and that's all i need or do you actually love the the sweat equity you get from uh, from dfs oh i love it i mean i you know i don't the thing is like eventually at some point i gotta go to sleep right so after lock sometimes i'm just like i, I gotta just go to bed let's see what happens but generally i really like to watch the end of a, a basketball game if i'm up there right and i can kind of tell basketball early in the night if i have a chance baseball is a bit harder right because you know one home run one three run one triple one whatever can really rise some lineups that you didn't even see uh but yeah football for example i am you know football season i'm glued to my tv i love football it's really for me is a it's always been my favorite sport uh and so yeah i mean i and having this along with the sport really brought it back to life right i mean i was uh i enjoyed it but as i got older and more busy with my professional career my watching went down a little bit right um but then as i kind of got more into dfs i've been able to watch even more i, I love the sports yeah so that, that tells me you were never like a professional poker player or any gambling in your past. No, I did play poker uh, and I did enjoy a living poker, and I was reasonable at poker, but never like, you know, I, this was really casual. I mean, I would go to casino in Connecticut. They have these casinos here, right? You go to the one, two, two, five, whatever tables, right? But not anything too serious. And my, cause my experience, the opposite happens. The more you gamble on something, the less you actually like it. Uh, oh. I think you might be a little bit of an outlier or maybe you just need a couple more years and then you'll be like me, but <laughs> <laughs> so I heard I heard a rumor through the grapevine that you partied with a, a a DFS player at the Super Bowl. Goes by the handle RBX eighty eight. Is this is this true or is this a rumor? Oh yeah, we 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 had a good time. I mean, I hung out with all you know whoever was there. We had a great time. Yeah, he's wow. great. Talk about a hide your wife, hide your kid situation. This is Woo and RBX 88 out on the town. So I'll tell you who came to the Super Bowl with me. It was my dad and my two brothers. Uh, they So, you know, I won the tickets. So I got two uh, two tickets to the Super Bowl. That was me and my my dad got that. And then I bought my brother's tickets. Uh, 
And then, uh, yeah, DraftKings was super nice. They let them come to all events, which was awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I was basically hanging with them, RBX. Um, yeah, it was fun. What are what are your thoughts on just kind of the overall current ecosystem in DFS? Because one thing, at least from my experience, I don't, I don't play near the volume or the stakes that you guys do, but with the combination of the stock market, crypto, NFTs, there's been all of these other incredible money-making opportunities, places where data that you're probably good at leveraging could be very successfully uh, used to make money in other avenues. Has Have you had your kind of attention pulled in other directions or do you just love sports so much that DFS is all you want to do? I mean, right now DFS, but you know, one of my buddies, he's really into like cryptocurrencies. He has been for years and they had this PGA tournament where the top prize was one of these crypto punks. Oh, uh, I was in it. Were you in it? Okay. So I was yeah. at some point winning it, I think, but of course, you know, these things go up and I didn't, I didn't win it obviously. Uh, but then I, I told him he was super excited, right? He was following it the whole weekend, but, um, yeah, I mean, he tells me he thinks I'm crazy for not getting into cryptocurrency stuff. He literally is like, David, I just don't understand why in the world you are not joining me and dealing with me when it comes to this. And I said, look, like, could happen anytime, right? I reinvent myself professionally every couple of years, really. So we'll see. There you go. Coming to a crypto exchange near you. <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> the, the, the whistles go to the moon. Alex That's likes to look out. <laughs> um, let's see. St our, my buddy Steve has been in the chat asking a few questions. Earlier, he asked, uh, "What's your favorite DFS sport to play?" Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, uh, I you know what I love the most is a basketball showdown because <laughs> wow. I like basketball. It's one game. It's the only basketball thing where you can just set your lineup, sit down. Have a beer, watch the game, hope that your guys climb. Now, of course, you know, but you know, I, I don't know. You can you can build a nice model, I think, for showdowns. And so I I I really, I really, really like basketball showdowns. Um then, you know, I think uh yeah, that's probably my favorite. Just a very simple basketball nighttime show. So in in my chat, there's a follow-up to that. Leaving out the 2.5 million, what's your in your opinion, your biggest plus EV sport? It's like, which one do you best at or win the most money at? Right. So it was basketball until NFL season and not including the 2.5. I think, honestly, the uh, – yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I hit a 200K earlier on in this season. Dak Prescott went off that game before he was injured. Um, and, yeah, I mean, a couple hundred Ks last season. And so, really, I think football has got to be at this point my highest – my highest expected return. What, yeah. what would you say? We've talked. We've we've talked about this on the show a few times. But let's say you're uh, you're uh, okay. Rundin's not in the Angels lineup, so we're gonna have to do something about that. Yeah, I'm um, looking at. Yeah, I'll have to probably. Jump I, I'm a professional there. vamper. If you guys need uh, a few seconds to get your houses in order here, I uh, let's see. I got some. Let me see here. Still. Look at this. Uh, the game's at uh, eight thirty-eight. So we have an hour and six minutes. Nine thirty-eight for me. Yeah. So I'm yeah, fine. Sorry. With that. Real America time. Hey, hey, hey! You got two East Coasters here. You can have a little bit of argument like that. If you you want. can have a hundred East Coasters. That doesn't change your thing. Do you need? Yeah, I also we'll have to eventually get the nine o'clock basketball stuff. We'll we'll get you. We'll get you out. What do you? Can you do like 10, 15 more minutes? Well, okay, okay. Let, let's. Uh, okay, it, there's 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 no games games in between now and an hour, so it doesn't matter. Well, there's basketball. No there's nine o'clock action, right? Yeah, but Brendan doesn't play basketball. 
Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I have to make sure the basketball thing is set. I understand. Right, I can deal right. with the Angels guy later on. I got to deal with basketball. First. Yeah, so let's go to like nine, a little bit after. Oh, no, no. I, yeah, I was talking about like, do you need to change your lineup right this second? Like for oh, baseball. no, 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 no. I'm okay. Yeah. I can wait. Uh, so so uh, uh, now I forgot my question. What was what, what were we talking about? Oh, we're yeah. So about for like a, uh, a person uh, starting out. Let's say they got a little bit of experience. They're not data analysts. They're not stats guys. What sport would you point them to? How to build a bankroll and like what what tips would you give? Uh, you know, not a newbie, but someone who's who wants to maybe make this uh, part time income or more. Why don't you try with hockey first, right? I mean, a lot of the super big players are not there night after night, right? I mean, it's a little bit hard, but and it's low. Obviously, the the money is not there right i mean it's got much lower top prizes but you know if you build a decent single entry model uh and if you have a decent you know way of optimizing i think you know that that's a nice sport where at least the biggest sharks are not around uh i didn't do that but come to think about it, i think that's a great opportunity for somebody right um golf also you know it's a fairly simple thing you got to say, i know you love golf right uh but, you know, you've got just six golfers under a salary cap. It's kind of easy to understand what to do. You just, you know, think about making the cup and try to get some top guys in there. And, you know, that's a good sort too, I think. The the football and the basketball, you're going to be competing against these really good people, right? I think getting into hockey is a really nice jumping, you know, jumping uh, springboard, if you will. Who are – um? Who are some of the DFS names or handles that you respect the most just from whether analyzing their lineup, seeing them at the top of the leaderboard, not wanting to, you know, get in a, in a contest with them? Who, who are the, uh, the crushers out there right now? Brick 75. There you go. Um, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I don't know yeah. what your numbers are. I know it's brick, but I don't know. Thank you. That. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, there's look like you, you can go for the obvious guys in the particular sports, like in basketball, Chipotle is really hard to contend with this season. He's been unreal. Um, I think, you know, the McLovins and the Osmos are tough whenever they're around, just the way it is. Uh, I, I truly respect them. I think they're just amazing players. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I also at the Super Bowl spend time with Royal Payne. He's an excellent player. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, there's just so many out there, you know, as you get more into it, you really start to know the handles. You really get to know who are the guys that are going to be building the most interesting lineups. Um, and there is, I mean, you know, you've got to tip your hat to Osimo. Uh, he is out there every night in every sport, does great, uh, is really someone that promotes the industry for us. And so I think it's great. Yeah. There you, no, think, no uh, RBX eighty eight though. I couldn't help but well, RBX eighty eight. You know, I know him. I can't. You know, if I tell him he's so good, I can't really get him up there. Right? That's not good. So, uh, nah, no, but right. obviously, he's a great player. I think you know, me and we have different approaches to the number of entries we buy in a particular company uh, competition. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's it's fun to see the different nuances from player to player. There you go. What um, were you gonna say, Brian? There's there is a rumor that uh, Osmo is more machine than man out there. I don't know who started it. So, but. I don't know if I'd give him full credit if he is actually an Android, you know, that's not really hard for them. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I guess if it's not human. We can tone it down a bit, but still, you know, he's, he's built a, you know, he's a, a, yeah, an amazing guy. I think as far as DFS goes, there you go. Let's see here. Um, okay. Wow. Steve heading in here for some more in-depth question, newbie question. What would we Google to start learning about building a model, any language, 
terms, the uh, the 101 for model building here? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, grow, uh, yeah, growing up, uh, when I started getting into analytics and optimization and such, I really did C++. That is not the right language for something like DFS. Don't go that low level. I think as far as programming languages, you're probably going to want to look at Python. That's probably the best. Um, and yeah, as far as model building, I mean, there's so many resources out there, right? So I think there's this uh, site called DataCamp. It's relatively inexpensive. And you can learn quite a few things from there, right? They have little modules. I'm learning introductory Python, medium Python, uh, you know, intermediate Python and more advanced things. And I think, yeah, look at resources like that. They're not expensive. They can really get you a good understanding on how to build a predictive model and, you know, use some code fluently and such. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, so, well, oh, go ahead. Quick question. Are you familiar with a person who goes by the, the name Vegas Dave? I don't think so. Okay, you're missing out. Hang on, maybe maybe if I maybe if I pull up a picture, yeah. you you might recognize this guy. I hope it's not a picture of me in Vegas at some point because that'd be a little. Well, actually, there is one out there. Of uh... <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. All right, let me get my screen share. Let tell me if you recognize this man. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You really aren't online. If you don't know who Vegas Dave is, you have done a great job of staying offline. So, so you're willing to confirm right now that you do not use his projections or picks. <laughs> nope. So okay. Vegas Dave is um, a, a sports better slash handicapper slash scammer uh, who promises uh, his subscribers 100 and 0 wins in any sport <laughs> And uh, he's been known to buy these uh, these purses here. And uh, yeah, he's become kind Americans. of a cult figure uh, on the show. So we were just, uh, we like to check in and see where people are at with Vegas Dave here. Yeah, I mean, maybe I should look him up and uh, take my 100 no wins, you know. I don't know what I'm doing in my life. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh, it's rough out there. Do you so do you're... any sports betting? No, not, not, not. although I, I've been thinking about dabbling into it now, but I, especially now that sports books and stuff are allowed to be, you know, you can bet online and things like this. Um, but no, not yet. Uh, I've, done, I mean, I've done like decent size NFL survival pools, um, hmm. you know, and I've done, so, you know, but not nothing major. No. What, what state are you in? Connecticut. Okay. You guys have legal betting, right? It's just started. Yeah. I mean, the governor just at the start of this year said, you know, this is one of the top agenda items. And then we have the big casinos, right? Um, so Foxwoods and Mohegan Sun. And so I think there's some agreement between the state and these uh, and the uh, and the casinos and everything. I don't know exactly the details, but yes, I think now you're able to bet. You've you've mentioned survivor pools a couple of times. Can, it, it seems like you got a, a bit of a passion for those. Can you give us a little uh, a little tidbit there? You know, wet the beak on some survivor pool strat? Yeah, don't look all the way through the season. Look halfway through the season when planning, right? So if it's week one, don't just pick week one teams without thinking a little bit in advance, okay? Generally speaking, I like to think about, about seven and eight weeks in advance. So what I do is if I'm making a decision week one, I kind of plan out what I'll do for the next six, seven, eight weeks. Okay. I don't fix that in stone, right? I'll just pick the week one decisions. And then after that, I can completely remove what I had planned for. But at least you have some reasonable approach remaining for the remaining weeks, given your current projections for each of the games downstream. So that's how I do it. And I like multi-entry stuff, clearly. So generally speaking, I like to enter survivor pools when I'm not just picking one. I can enter 20 of them, for example. Gotcha. MME, the survivor pools. Uh, uh, someone in my uh, chat asking if he can audit your class. 
Uh, I don't think you're allowed to, but you know, just reach out to me. We can have a conversation. <laughs> there you go. I think he might have been joking, but maybe not. There you go. Reach out, guy. And another <laughs> one, another one. Uh, uh, do you play MMA DFS? I've only played a couple times, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I I I find it, I don't know, a little bit hard, but I really haven't spent enough time diving deep into it because you just have to kind of pick the right winners, and it's just it seems more. I don't know. I'm not sure if my approach will be successful there but again i have not dove deep enough into mma someone in the chat was asking about best ball and i actually seem to kind of dovetail a little bit with your survivor stuff and i know you're exclusively DraftKings, but they did offer it this year have you uh looked into that at all <laughs> i did one for like ten dollars and completely bricked so i just didn't have the time at the time i really really didn't have time but yeah yeah yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's uh, it'll be interesting this year. I think there's going to be a ton of big contests again and kind of that same idea of uh, what yeah. kind of time horizon lens you're thinking about those teams through might be interesting. Yeah, because, you know, they're going to change as you move through the season. There's no question. And guys are going to get injured. There's going to be changes on teams. But you have to go a little bit in advance. Yeah. So, yep. That's a good good uh, good question. What do you what do you think that uh, the, the future of time horizon got me thinking? What do you think the future of DFS is? you know, five years from now? Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's going to get ultra competitive probably. And I think that, you know, I hope places like DraftKings reduce the, the rate, you know, the rate that they take. Cause I think it's going to be just too hard to turn profit eventually. Right now. I think the top players are, you know, we're able to kind of stay ahead of the game a little bit. And, you know, if you get, you know, serious enough about it, I think you can pull in some extra stuff. Uh, but, you know, as it gets more popular, as people find out more about it and dive more deep on it, you know, it's just going to get really competitive. So, you know, they're going to have to get more maybe exotic with their games uh, and hopefully reduce the rake back a little, the, the, the rake a little bit. But we'll see. Yeah. With, you know, I mean, the, the, the trajectory of poker is probably a good, uh, a good model for where we're headed. So, like, it won't be gone, but it'll be really, really tough to beat. The uh, regulation regulation hurts us as players. Although people don't think that they think it helps us because you, they're less likely to go under, but they're way less likely to be a respectable competition in the market. So that's the only thing that will drive down prices, drive down rake and way less people are going to meet those barriers to entry, the higher, the, 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 the licensing costs, et cetera. So I'm not optimistic that rake is ever, gonna go down yeah i mean i think they also have to pay this uh don't they have to pay like a new excise tax this year or something like that yeah it's it depends, it depends that, on the state yeah depends on the state what they have to do i am optimistic that maybe like cbs or one more behemoth might get in and then they could have like an extra year and a half two and a half years of some competition and just you know free money uh from promotions and such yep. um but i think it's going to be really tough five 10 years from now, I would say like, we're at like 2008 poker right now for the poker players out there, like yeah. somewhere around there. I think you're probably right. Uh, one second. Let me just run one thing here. You're good. Well, this is how the sausage gets made. Cool. Yeah. Did somebody get ruled out? What's that? No, I mean, I'm just doing some basketball stuff. We got nine o'clock. We got a uh, showdown, a classic and an update. Going on, so. Here's another question from Grant. Um, when playing football, do you look at more game slates as profitable? I, I think he's asking, do you like full game slates versus showdowns as far as football classics versus showdowns? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think the, when I first started, I, I wanted to start with something simple. So I went for showdowns 
And I think, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I said NBA showdowns were great earlier. I love NFL showdowns too. I don't really like MLB showdowns for some reason. It just doesn't work for me that well. But the NBA and the NFL showdowns have been amazing uh, for me. I love them. I think they're fun. They're super simple. You run it once. You don't have to even touch it again. Of course, I love the classics too, right? I mean, uh, there's where the bigger money is going to be week over week. Uh, so, yeah. The um okay I'm, I want I'm gonna say a word and I want you to tell me what comes to mind word association when I say the word dupes what do you think dupes confused confused okay how about <laughs> I, how about I, that's just slang for uh, duplicates oh dupes. yeah uh, there there is some situations in where you might want to consider some dupes if you will uh, but very 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 few. I don't generally do that. I've tried. It never really seems to work out. So, for example, if you take a huge NBA showdown, 15,000 people, you know, you're probably going to tie up top. So, yeah, sorry, I know I'm saying a lot of things, but anyway. Uh, so it is maybe sometimes worth it to double up on entries, but I don't do it. Oh, no, no. I did, yeah, the you're, you're saying yourself, the people who, like, run a train or run multiple lineups of the same? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you heard it. You heard it here. Dukes do not matter. No one pay attention to Dukes. I'm not sure. I I, maybe, maybe not. I'm not really sure. Ah, You're right. You're right. (laughs) Okay, good, good. Don't worry about Dukes then. Don't worry Um, about it. I this is, uh, I I probably, I don't know. I'm gonna try to read this. Pete, can you ask why the whistle goes woo had to come on late in the Masters Golf Championship qualifier to beat me like I banged his wife? He rose fast. Oh man, yeah, I uh, that was a good tournament. Um, sorry, I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I try, you know, we're we're all out to have fun, so you know. <laughs> um, goodness, and um, yeah, let's see here. I mean, are there? Uh, you know, we really appreciate you uh, coming on. You know, we really turn the screws on you trying to figure out what's uh, who the real David Bergman is. I think we learned a lot tonight. Cool. I'm glad. I uh, you know if. Uh, you ever want me back on the show, you let me know. Uh, and if anyone ever wants to reach out and chat a bit about DFS, it's uh, increasingly becoming what I do with my life. So let me know. This is what I think we should do. We did this a few times last summer. We did, um, we played uh, during an MMA slate. You know, we all got our lineups in. Then we cracked some beers, threw them on the TV, and just hung out here on a stream. I say we get you, RBX88, Osimo, the five of us, six of us, uh, throw back some beers while you learn how to play MMA DFS, and we shoot the shit about it. I'm in. You let me know and uh, give me some some warning ahead of time, and I'll be in. There you go. I uh, appreciate you coming on. And if you ever do get on social media, just, you know, tag us, let us know, and we'll, we'll, we'll pump you up. Awesome. Well, Sounds good, guys. Morning. I appreciate it. Good luck tonight. Hopefully DD got you even more runs. And so then you can get that qualifier ticket tonight. We'll see. There, I appreciate and, it. And can Thanks. we get one more? Woo woo. Just, just for the run. Let's see. Let's see what my line is. Let's see if I'm winning right now. And then I'll tell okay. you. Okay. Give me a second. It'll be a very solemn woo woo. If not. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is like a mediocre woo-woo, so we'll see. <laughs> no, okay. I don't know what you're talking about. But, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate everything, and uh, wish you guys have a good night. All right, David. It was uh, it was great talking to you, man. We'll see you in those DFS streets. Definitely. Take it easy, guys. All right, peace. Adios. See you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Bergman, we got our answer. He is not the whistle-goes-woo guy you saw on DraftKings.com. 
He is a man who uh, I'm now realizing I'm not doing enough productive things with my schedule. Why'd you have to go so hard on him on the questions? Jesus. <laughs> Brian, Brian, you were turning the screws. Yeah. Someone, <laughs> someone, what was the, someone had, what did they ask? They said Brian's one question away from asking something, but I forget. Yeah, what the yeah, was. I saw that. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I was trying to get a quote for Osimo. Yeah, to, to light a fire under his ass? No, just like to, you know, whatever, if he uses their projections. Yeah, Chris says he is the whistle go woo guy. Tonight was the bit. Now that would be an incredible bit. There oh wow, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that's that's more my kind of bit. The donkey that pretends to be smart. So I don't I don't think he's capable of that, Chris. I am interested in his optimizer because that would make. Uh, I wonder what he does. What he what he what he runs on because that would make um, that would make the process a lot easier. Honestly, um, if you could code that all in yourself. Because. Um, and that's what he was kind of implying, right? That it would just eliminates a step for him. Yeah. So, you know, he, he says sometimes he uses ownership, sometimes he doesn't. So like that doesn't make any sense to me. But like I said too, like since he uses other people's projections, he probably uses and he uses other people's ownership. It sounds like too, um, that like that, that, that conundrum definitely happens because, you know, their, their projections are baked into their ownership. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of, kind of a complicated thing to think about. So like, I like using, you're you know, saying like what wags that or you know, you know, what's driving. What? Yeah. 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 That could definitely happen. I was just talking about this with Steve, I think Steve buzzard on DM or somebody. Um, so yeah, that could, that could definitely happen. And, and that say, that'll save him a significant amount of time. Obviously using Alex's stuff and he, and just playing DK with no cash games. It's totally, he's totally, totally doable. Obviously like, yeah. I, I agree with this take by Tony and you were, you kind of referenced it at some point too. He just hasn't hit the point where he's jaded about this. Like he still just genuinely loves and is enthusiastic about playing DFS each night. Yeah. He's not a professional gambler and um, you know, he's got a full-time job. He, this is something that obviously, and he's only been doing it, like he said, for a couple of years. Yeah. Well, probably not even really, if you think about it, like he binked that in December, the 2.5, so, but he had enough role to get into all those qualifiers. So in 2020, he must have been basically full time. I just don't remember seeing his screen name that frequently, but that doesn't matter. Like I could have, uh, yeah. Whenever I'm lo- having a bad day, I just close the app anyways. I don't even look to see who won. I'm like, fuck you guys. You're all lucky. Um, <laughs> so the- he could have been, he could have been banking, banking there. But yeah, I mean, I, he's not, he's not a professional gambler and he probably will keep it for a while too. Cause he's got his job, like other things to take his mind off of it. And he's not, he can't really swing anymore. You know what I mean? Unless he, what really, do you mean swing? Oh, like you he, mean like he's he bankroll? Yeah. Like if he's got like whatever three mil uh, role, it's like, as long as he's not insanely reckless, right. um, he's fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, you could easily lose 600 grand in a month. I have. So like, but maybe he's better than me. Who knows? But like, um, that'll, you know, that'll fucking hurt. (laughs) It's tough to go. The whistle goes, woo. You, uh, (laughs) when you lose, uh, you know, someone's life savings. Um, is it Lou? Lou says, uh, 
you were livid. I don't think you were livid, but you were. You did feel very serious in, in, uh, when you were interrogating with your questions. Yeah, I was a little too intense, probably. What are you going <laughs> to fuck you guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think no, you – Because, like, here's why. Here's why. Here's why, okay? okay. I was I, – he was, like, it was – it started off, like, like, dude, this isn't CBS. Like, we're not doing a local news interview. It's a podcast. Like, we bullshit. <laughs> So like I like I felt like he was like yeah you know you just gotta you know what I mean like talking to us like we were Channel Seven I, I'm I don't know your, your local stations like yeah. your local WGN or whatever morning coffee interview yeah but you also got to realize this uh, first of all he's like not on Twitter so he doesn't have that kind of frame of reference from where everyone's coming from yeah he's only ever done probably that DraftKings interview where she's asking him like the right, very that's what I thought yeah no no. I was, I'm, I was wrong. Let me just, let me, let me say, cause that's exactly where you're right. He's, he was coming from, he probably thought it was a DraftKings WGN morning coffee interview okay, yeah. type of thing. And, um, and so like, I was like a little thrown from that. And then uh, uh, what was the other, the other thing was like, because he's not involved, it's like, it's like, Oh, he doesn't know any of the things that are going on. I don't know. If, like, like, is this, is this serious or not? Like, what's he, does he purposely not pay attention to anything to, in the DFS world? He's like, no, he just doesn't do it. So yeah, no, he was, uh, he was a good sport and, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool to, uh, to learn more about, I, I'm honestly, I, the first thing I thought at the beginning when he was describing all that, I was like, oh, he's a single guy, you know, <laughs> and then he says he has the two kids. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's completely different from the DK interview to now. Um, so like, uh, you know, honest, honest comments on the easiest sports. Like I, I disagree with them. I don't think NHL's that easy there. You know, there's dead money in every sport still like people just not setting their lineups and stuff like that. But I think NHL's pretty tough and other sports are, we've talked about it on other shows. He, like, and he, I got the vibe. I could be wrong. I got the vibe that he was answering it. It seems like when he says easy, as far as what part of his process is the most streamlined maybe like what was easy for him versus like the actual competition. Cause it really does seem like he's just in his thing. He's not adjusting a lot to what his opponents are doing. And he's just, he's just ramming it in, in his own world. His process, by the way, is, is what I would suggest to someone starting, because if you add in making your own projections and your own ownership and then keeping that up, up to date, up to date and stuff like that. Like that's like a whole bunch of extra work. And yeah. so if you can like, let's, you know, let's say you just want to focus on something that what he's doing is what I would focus on building your own optimizers, you know, like, and also like, I would, I would love to see the speed of which his simulations work because I doubt he's doing that in the NBA mm. because you just don't have the time. Yeah. It's very tough to do, especially at this point in the season. So at certain points during the middle and beginning of the season, you can, you can get it in. Like I can get it in with like eight minutes with doing a full sim, but like, um, so like I have an option where I could, I could go in between the two. I could mm. run a sim or I could just do a static, uh, a static adjustments, right? Like from a regressions and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, probably the last month or so I've never even bothered with the sim because the the line the the tanking and all the scratches and stuff just gets too crazy to to keep running sims um 
But if he has some sort of super fast personal uh, coded optimizer, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. That I, I mean, you that was our whole thing a while ago, right? It was like trying to guess how many people do their own simulations. I mean, how many people have their own optimizer? I mean, we're talking about a much, much more smaller number there. So, so Corey says in my chat, it's interesting that he didn't think ownership being that important. Yeah, so that's just wrong. So I don't know if he was want you know not to be blunt or whatever, but like, like if in my first video I put on my channel, like there's no way ownership doesn't matter it, from mathematical perspective. It's impossible. It has to. Yeah, you might it might it you might be able to be the best player on the planet without using it. I'm not saying that it might because the it might be so inefficient still. And well, and that, that isn't that like when you play on some of the other sites and you just say, I'm just going to be better because my projections are better and there's not a lot of other content around that. It sounds like maybe that's how he feels about DFS, that right. his projections and process, although he's not even using his own projections, but whatever part, but if you're not using your own projections and you don't value ownership, yeah. then, then where is the secret sauce even coming from? From the simulation and the regressions. I mean, but it, it, I could totally understand what he's saying because if you take Osmo's projections, plug them in the fantasy cruncher, put some put some um, randomness on there, and run 500 lineups, the exposures are going to be like a 0.9 R to Osmo's ownership. Yeah. Trust you know me, I've I mean? done so it. Like, <laughs> who knows what he's getting at, but that's probably something what he's getting at. And, and in 2017, probably, yeah, 2017, I didn't use ownership at all. Didn't need to. Yeah. It's because no, there was no there were no good projections even available for people to use. And and so if you made your own, you're 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 ahead of the game already. But but yeah, like we've talked about this for tennis, like I wouldn't use ownership. Like you don't need to yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd but, be interesting but, to look at his lineups and, and see if, how, if he's duping at a higher frequency than other top players. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, he said dupes don't really matter. So I think we should spread that message. Uh, I think he didn't understand the, the direction the question was coming. Yeah. Well, there was, it wasn't a question. <laughs> it is interesting that he does. He didn't care about dupes though. Cause in NBA showdown, there are quite a, quite amount of dupes. Yeah. NBA showdown seems like one of the places where there would be, more dupes than a ton of sports yeah the, the it's up there it's up there yeah the, the, the thing though with nba where um which differs from mma for example is it's so you know predictive people you know it's kind of a trope at this point but it's like it's not even worth it get, getting off but like you can you can still get rid of the ones you know are gonna be duped 500 times and stuff like that like yeah <laughs> um well that was very fun uh we don't we don't do uh guests uh on here a ton but when we do we uh we make them count so i, I love uh pulling guys like rbx 88 and uh whistles go woo from out behind their screen names uh because they don't have a social media presence and uh in doing shows with them it's uh it's always fun yeah that was that, that was fun thank you uh for doing it dave i did forget to ask him if he likes the nickname yukon dave I know we didn't quite get there. It would have been a lot easier to make that segue if he knew who Vegas Dave was. Uh, but, but that was tough. Um, yeah, guys. So usual housekeeping stuff. I think I mentioned this the past couple weeks, but uh, set up a, a Lowell's channel 
in my discord the links down below that's the deposit kingdom discord we've had uh lots of fun in there uh and i'm sure we will have a uh, some some topics of conversation about yukon dave uh after the show uh tonight so hop in there if you haven't we got our merch brian show off your shirt again there you go my I'm tank kidding. hasn't arrived yet i think it's it's showing up soon so we will be uh rocking our lols merch thanks again to paul for our new graphics i still like staring at them here on the uh on the stream yard and um yeah audio goes up as well and uh i think that's it brian any other uh plugs for us here nope appreciate it uh yukon dave thanks for showing up and uh i think we have a topic set for next week already anyways so yeah yeah we can it's uh i feel like this is pretty impressive i feel like this is growth because i guess i did ask one question about crypto but this was our most dfs heavy show in a long time there you go there you go we're back baby lols is back we'll see next wednesday You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.